And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. If you want your business to grow, you're going to have to learn how to manage your time. Now, one thing that I can't tell you is you're going to get 24 hours in a day, every single day, doesn't get shorter, doesn't get longer. You need to determine how to buy your time back or use it effectively. That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode of Startup Hustle, which is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. There's a link for that in the show notes. That's my business if you weren't already aware. And we love talking to Startup Hustle listeners. So click away and let's talk about it. Joining me today is Jacob K. Mead, and he is the CEO and founder of Jacob K. Mead, which is a professional coaching organization. There's a link for that in the show notes. Straight out of Ankeny, Iowa, Jacob, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I love this topic. We're going to get into some good stuff, so stay tuned, folks. But, but on the way to getting that started, Jacob, let's get a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, so I actually um, grew up in Burlington, Iowa, which is Southeast Iowa, and I moved up to Des Moines um, and actually worked for a company up there, Radio Shack at the time, and they actually went uh, bankrupt. But during my course and journey of working for Radio Shack, I learned so much in sales and so much uh, about technology that I actually took a job with Sprint when Sprint was a carrier and uh, learned a lot with Sprint and, and even learned more on how to you know effectively manage and effectively use my time in I started my own business, opened that up, and I grew it substantially quick. In 36 uh, months, I was able to go from $0 in revenue to a $1 million in revenue. And after, after that, things just kept going forward. And now I'm in the aspect of really teaching people how to buy back their time because that's something I wish I would have learned at an earlier stage of my business. It's so important because I think that's what really helps get your growth. And so now that I missed that opportunity in my business, I want to be able to share how to get that uh, with other people. You know, so many people give the excuse, I don't have time. Uh, most of the time mm -hmm. they do, uh, in fact, is what I found. Now, what do I know about this subject? Well, I mean, I wrote a book on it, more or less. Um, my first book, Balance Me, A Realist Guide to a Successful Life, is essentially about understanding the value of whatever it is that you're doing and how to determine what's valuable. And I think if you want to accomplish stuff, like you talk about buying your time back, uh, that in order to buy it back, that means you got to stop doing certain things. That's the price that it comes in. And, you know, my premise in that book was, was legitimately like whatever moves you towards your goals, whether they be personal, professional, or physical. And if some actions may even move you towards multiple goals, those are the most valuable it's about getting rid of the low value stuff too, like playing video games. Unless you are a professional gamer, you're burning, you're, you need to buy that time back. So with, with when it comes to your overall thesis on this, and, and by the way, I, 
I believe you have a podcast coming out tomorrow about this, a new launch, I right? Do. So, I, I have a, I have a yeah. podcast coming out. It's called the Buy Time Podcast. It launches tomorrow and it really dives deep into every aspect of buying back your time and how to get to that point where you have that freedom of time and you feel like you actually have more time to be able to spend where you want to, whether that be with friends, family, loved ones, or working on business adventures. You, you, you get more of that. Yeah. And what's the, and so like with, with your take on this, and I've had this conversation with quite a few different people and people have a different idea about some of it, but it, it kind of comes back to the same principles. I'm interested to hear what your main thesis is with buying your time back. Yeah. So I, work with a five-step process in, in the buying time. And one of the things, you know, we talked a little bit about understanding your value. And it's funny you mentioned that because I just shot a video a couple days ago on how to understand your value in business. And that's one of the steps I try to help some of my businesses with is because a lot of times they don't understand necessarily their value and they're spending so much time doing something. But when I ask them, hey, what's your value in that? They have no idea. They can't tell me. It's, it's a blank stare. It's a, de a deer in the headlight look. And so... My, I teach them, okay, well, understand your value. And it can start as simple as taking a product or service and charging the most for it compared to all of your other competitors and seeing if people still purchase it. And if you find that people still purchase that product or service, then you have some sort of value that you're providing than anybody else. And the reason why we want to figure this out first is because in order to even start buying back your time, you need to have your sales process in place. And this is one great step to understand, okay, what kind of value am I providing and what kind of value am I providing my customers and what kind of services um, do I provide that offer that amount of value? That, that, that time principle and undervaluing it is real. I mean, so many people undervalue the value, they, they underprice their own time and those actions end up taking up the time that you could be using for more valuable stuff. And I think you're right. Charge more, see what happens. Hey. And that's what it is. No more. Yeah, I get, I get a lot of people that are, you know, will say, well, I've called around for someone to fix this little hole in my drywall and none of the big companies want to do it or they're going to charge me $800 just to fix a tiny hole. And the reason why those bigger companies are going to charge $800 to fix a little tiny hole in a drywall is one, they understand their value. They know that they can do another job that's going to give them $3,600 versus that $800. And so they're going to have to pull someone from that $3,600 job to do an $800 job. And so they know their value. They understand that value is time and vice versa. And so because they understand that is the reason why they're going to charge more. And I try to explain this to a lot of the businesses. And once they grasp that concept and they op you open up their eyes and like, wow, someone still bought my product and I charge more for it than any of my other competitors. And then I ask them why, why did they buy it more? And then they start to open up. They're like, well, I provided this, this, this. And then they really start to explain their value. Yeah. And so, so many uh, service providers or businesses are just people in general. You talk about the value. Now you're talking about in a business sense, um, you know, there's this term opportunity costs. And I think that people often pretend to understand what that is, but the definition of opportunity costs is the value of whatever you chose not to do. And there isn't like a true fiscal or, you know, ROI or KPI or any of that on what opportunity cost is. Cause a lot of times, okay, I'll give you an example. Um, if I choose to go to an evening networking event, and I want to go find more business, I'm going to experience personal opportunity cost because I will forego doing whatever I might've done with my children. And you can't put it, you can't put like a price tag on that. So it's a matter of like finding that balance and what you want to do. But remember, anytime you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. So 
you know, where is that? Now, if I had come off of two straight weeks of being with my kids eight hours a day or 12 hours a day or 24 hours a day, I might be dying to go to the networking event. But <laughs> with that, there might be a better balance there. So that's what you there's not necessarily a right answer to that. That's just kind of a gut feel kind of thing. But in the business sense, definitely undervaluing your time is a big deal. Oh, it is. And it's it's sometimes hard to, like, I have a lot of sales experience. And so for me, it's sometimes hard to look at something as, a, as if I'm actually getting value from it, if it's not monetary right away. And that's been a, a struggle for me to actually overcome. And um, so, yeah, I 100% agree with you there. Yeah. So I have a little hack with that because I've taught a couple people this principle when it comes to getting a higher value of your time, because I, I think that business owners and just people in general, they're, they're worried they're going to miss out. They're like, hey, I've, you mentioned the $800 contract. Well, if you're busy doing that, you might miss the $3,600 one, right? So if you're uncomfortable with saying no, or you don't feel confident, you just have to edge it up along the way. Like, you know, for a, give me an example. Say you're a, a, a public speaker and you're out there booking $200 speaking gigs, which is pretty shitty in the world of public speaking, but you're not confident in doing it more. You go ahead, book the next one for 200 but refuse to book the next one for less than 300, 400, 500, 600 until you get your way up there. You'll develop the confidence along the way. I'm a sales guy too. And sometimes people that aren't great at sales are also the same people that are underselling their shit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, there's something, something to be said there. And I love that, you know, start small. And then once you start yeah. seeing your value, you start building your value, you need to add more to it. Just as you would climb the ladder in like a corporate world, you're going to climb the ladder in your personal life and your business too. I, I found a lot of people that I talk to in life um, suck at saying no. Like, I mean, I talk to people all the time and they're like, I'm like, so one of the questions I'll ask a lot is what's the biggest problem you need to solve? And people will say, they'll say something like, Oh, I don't know. I've just got so much stuff going on. I don't really know what to do. And I'm like, well, is it valuable stuff or is it just stuff? And it, and it usually comes down to that person not being able to say no. Oh, hundred percent. It works. I'm a, I'm the master <laughs> of no at this point and it works and it's a good thing. And I've been there. I, I didn't want to say no. Cause I would feel bad. I'd be like, if I tell them, no, they're, they're going to think poorly of me. And now I say no a lot. Like, nope. No, no. If I don't see a value in it or how it's going to actually help benefit me or help benefit that person, I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And the people I know that say yes to everything and have done that for 10 years are usually the unhealthiest, unhappiest people I know along the line. So, you know, like overwhelming. Yeah, well, it is. And then, I mean, and you just got, you know, the thing is, oh, but it only takes an hour. Does it? Because it's occupying your thought process. It's occupying, you have to drive there. You got to go there. Like if there's follow-up or anything like that now, you know, I mean, it's, things always take longer and are more involved. And I noticed with a lot of things that I was saying yes to in the past and you're like, oh, but it's only a one hour thing. Yeah, but it's sitting in my head and I'm thinking about it. So you got to, I think part of buying your time back is that it's what's kind of, I, I have described my own thought process in the past as sounding like a blender full of bottle caps, you know, it's just like, ah, you know, you, you have to quiet that down. Um, if you want to get into doing genius stuff and have genius output, you got to get rid of that mental clutter and uh, it's real. It's, 
it's it, real. It's it's real. And, and and I've been there and and I still get there every now and then you gotta figure out what you're going to declutter. Yeah. So all right. So we're buying we're buying our time back. Um, you know, I'm gonna take a turn here and say, uh, if you if you have enough discipline to do this, get just get a simple piece of paper and write down what you do in a day, preferably more than one, you know, just like here's your notebook paper that your kid has for second grade, steal a piece of it. And over in that left column, write 8am, 8.30, and write down the things like I, I walked through this in my book. And yeah, I used to have an app for this, I, I shut it down, because it was something I was saying yes to that wasn't giving me the returns I needed. But, but with that, you go through and you look at all the stuff. And you can, you could be as simple as thinking green, yellow or red, right? And the green things are going to be the things that move you towards whatever it is you want in life, personal, professional, or physical, whatever that is. And go and look at all the time that you're wasting. And, you know, if you're one of those people, I don't have enough time, you might, you really might. And, you know, what can you delegate? What can you offload? But the most efficient thing at all when it comes to buying your time back is just to quit doing certain things. (laughs) The most the, the thing that creates the most efficiency in, is to literally not do something at all. Just stop. So, yeah, just just stop, just stop. what you're doing yeah. that you don't want to do. Yeah. I, I, so many people do things they don't want to do, and I'm like, just say no. Yeah, yeah, and and so with that, you know, like I mentioned, like there are a list of things that so low value activities. Okay, in this modern world, social media and social media mobile devices and gaming are three things that are massive, massive time sucks. And I, I have retrained myself. Okay. So some, you, just cause you get an email doesn't mean you need to answer it five seconds later. Look every couple hours, turn off, turn off the things that distract you. Like I have no notifications. And sometimes that pisses my wife off. She'd be like, do you get my text message? I'm like, Nope. Why not? <laughs> because I'm not looking at my phone all day every day. So, you know, but with that, you look at you look at when and where you're basically wasting time. And then what you do on the flip on the flip of that is go back and especially if you and this is where multiple days of this is helpful. You say, Oh, my gosh, from six to 9pm every night, I'm playing three hours of Call of Duty. I don't want if that's you, I don't want to hear about how you don't have time to do the other shit that you really want to do because that's where yeah. your time is. But you notice these patterns and then go back on the day and the next day. And rather than doing that, you just got to remind yourself, you're like, this is a low, this is low value. And then do something that moves you towards a goal, any goal, pick one, anything. It's a hundred percent true. And I hate, I, I hate the saying, Oh, I'm just trying to kill time. It's like, why would you kill the most valuable asset there is? Like, you don't want to kill time. You want to use it productively. And it's a hundred percent use your time productively. And a lot of times if you see that you're falling into that, Oh, I'm playing a video game every three hours, or I'm, I'm on TikTok or uh, watching reels for four hours a day. Okay. Well, there's your time. And what if you just cut two hours out of that? What can you do in two hours? You can do a lot in two hours. If you really put your mind to it and you get down to business, you can do a lot in two hours and, and you just keep cutting back and cutting back until eventually that doesn't even come secondhand to go do that. You're, you're, you're instantly always using your time and prioritizing. So if you look at one hour a day times 365 days, 
I mean, dude, that's 10 full-time, almost it's nine full-time weeks of work right there. I mean, you get it. There, there's so many things that you can do. You could get a pilot's license. You could actually learn to fly a jet in that amount of time, not even just a basic pilot's license. You know, uh, you say, oh, I want to learn to speak Spanish. I want to learn to make more connections. I, I don't know. Do something with it. Do something with it. And the time really does add up. It's I think another thing is that, you know, for those of you listening, ask yourself, can you even focus for two straight hours? I can't. I can't. Like, oh. I break things into little bite-sized pieces and kind of run with it. So, like, quit telling yourself that everything needs to be accomplished in one sitting. You know, there's there's anything that's worth doing is probably – people look at, at goal accomplishment and task achievement – as the singular action. And I'll use one of the most um, popular goals that people in America have, which is to buy a home. That is not a one, that is not a one step process. You know, I just bought a farm, literally just bought a farm a couple of weeks ago. And I was reminded of how many steps there are in that process. And I'm a well-qualified buyer. And I was just like, still, I was like, wow, there's a lot of things, but those are all little check marks. And those are all things that you can do. This is an example of eating the elephant one bite at a time, you know? So you got to, you get those little things in there, write them down, put a check marks next to them. You know, I've trained myself to give, give an endorphin release every time I get an item off of my checklist. So, yeah. All right. Check, what else? Yeah, do we check have? it off. <laughs> yeah. What else do we have here? What is what? I'll leave it to yes. you, sir. So um, I basically, you know, once you can understand your value, you know, in, especially in your business, the next thing I like to coach on is making sure you have that strong leadership in place. Because in order for you to be delegating, in order for you to feel comfortable stepping away, if you don't have that right management team or that leadership in place, you're, you're, you're always going to go back. You're always going to feel like you have to be there and, and you can't step away. So a lot of times I'll see some business owners, they come to me and they're like, I'm working 60 hours, 70 hours a week. And my first thing is like, why are you doing that? Oh, so or what like, are you doing? I, yeah, doing yeah, what? I, yeah. Doing what? I have to do this, 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 this. And then I go, why? And they're like, the deer in the headlight look like, what do you mean? Why? I, I, it has to all get done. It does. It has to all get done, but you don't have to be the one that, that gets it done. You can delegate those tasks. Well, I can't bring someone on board. And then you have to dig into the reasons of why you can't bring someone on board. It is, a lot of times I find that it's because they don't want to relinquish some of the control. And that's one of my things I try and coach on is how to relinquish the control. And it's tough for a lot of people. They want to be able to control every aspect of their business because it's their baby, essentially. You know, it's something that they started or something that they built from the ground up and they want to have control over that. And it's just like a, a kid. And, you know, I have two kids myself. And so the older they get, the, the less control you, you, you have over them, you know, they start to make their own decisions. They start to make their, their own ways of what they want to do. And so it's the same in, in business as you have to relinquish some of that control. And in order to do that strong leadership, because you're not going to want to do that if you don't have that strong leadership in place. And so finding that leadership, everyone's like, well, how do you find that leadership? Indeed, or, or, or go to the job searches. I don't find leadership that way. I, I like to get on LinkedIn. I like to get personal connections because that's how you're going to find those strong leaders that you can actually utilize in your business. You can actually get to understand them and get to know how they operate. But strong leadership is so important into getting your time back. If you find yourself saying this, but it's faster for me to do it, 
then you're, you're lying to yourself. Cause here's the thing that might be true right now, but the amount of time that it takes you to teach someone else to do it, it's probably about the same amount of time it takes you to do it. And you, at least in that, in that situation, meaning the second one, have an opportunity to no longer have to do that down the road. If you're like, oh, well, I do it the best or uh, it'll take me too long. Or I can do it faster, blah, 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 blah. You are just continuing to sentence yourself to doing that again. And you can't make yourself the conduit for everything at the business. And I will tell you firsthand, if you do that, and I have done that in the past, you're going to spend more time undoing that later because you have to rewire everything. I mean, literally, if your conduit, which is what electric flows through, needs to change to another set of panels, you're going to need to rewire the whole thing. Uh, speaking of not reinventing the wheel, if you're having a hard time finding expert software developers, you're not alone. It's a big problem. There's about 300,000 open software jobs in the U.S. Why wouldn't I have enough people to fill them? That's what we help you with at FullScale. You can go to FullScale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use FullScale's platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. There is a link in the show notes to that. There is also a link to Jacob K. Mead, that's M-E-A-D.com, if you want to learn more about what Jacob's doing, and a link to his podcast, which comes out tomorrow. All right, so we're back, and we're I'm wheeling and dealing, man. I'm buying stuff up here. What are we buying? I, I want more time. What do I need to do? I'm hooked. Yeah. Get that, get that time back. It's one of the most important assets you can have. And so I know, you know, we, we talked quite a bit about um, understanding your value and having strong leaderships. And I always say, after you've understand your value, you have that strong leadership, then you need to figure out what are you doing that can be used for systems and automations? You know, what, what can you implement as far as systems and automations to get your time back? There's a lot of businesses that I find I have still, still to this day are doing things pen and paper, or they're automatically, they're, they're following up their leads, you know, every single day and they don't have an automated process in place. Um, so finding that automation and finding those processes that, that you can use will help get your time back. And then once you have more of your time, you can focus in on other, other areas of your business, but automation and, and systems, it's so powerful. I find a lot of companies don't want to invest the money. They look at, oh, it's going to be this much per month. And, and I don't know if I can see the return on that. Well, what's the return on your time? And that's that's something that is so important is learning how to utilize those systems and learning how to use all those automations in place. And now we have AI, which I'm still lear learning myself, but there's so much out there that can do things that you used to do manually that they can automate. And that gives you your time back. And you, you pay something for that because you're paying for that program, which is the aspect of buying back your time. But in return, what else can you accomplish? And so systems, automations, super important. And with that, carve steps out of it. Find, oh. uh, find out when, where, and how you can remove a step from the process. If your business is growing quickly and you're trying to implement processes, procedures, any of that stuff, um, it is just a known fact in the world of management and efficiency that the more steps in the process, the less likely you are to train anyone to do it successfully. In fact, it gets quite exponential, like adding one step, making it a four-step process as opposed to a three-step process 
can actually be twice as hard to implement for one, one single step. And if you don't believe me, why did Amazon spend a billion dollars to make it so you can click one button to buy? Not three swipes, not a cart, not a freaking checkout. Yeah, you can do that too. But if you hit this one button, it buys it. Boom. So convenient. And, and I think yeah, I think well, my wife realizes it's convenient it, yeah. too. She's always yeah, clicking that. Anything. Now, you talk about also like, you know, you're a self-admitted salesperson, much like myself. Um, but, you know, you talk, you talk about that and it's the same thing with selling. Like the more steps or obstacles you have to overcome to go put money in a cash register, the less stuff you're going to sell. So, and you mentioned like, you mentioned automation and tools. I mean, there's, I'll drop a few things that we use at full scale. So, well, first off scheduling, you know, gigabook.com. I'm the, also the founder of that. Um, being able to post a shared schedule or give, just give, send people a link and let them pick the time they're available is going to cut down on your communication. Uh, there's tools like Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com that'll help you connect platforms that might not inherently connect with each other. Uh, I use, we use a tool called Miro, M-I-R-O.com, uh, which is mind mapping as they like to say, but it lets you visualize. It has all like all these templates that help you create a basic wireframe. If you're having a hard time getting people at your business to understand the process, visualize the process, print it out and stick it to the cash register or to the wall or something, make it visual, put it there, simplify it, draw it out. And, you know, like, I mean, these are simple tools. I got 325 employees and they are worldwide. So we had to get really good at the efficiency side of things. Um, yeah. And there's, a, you know, another thing too is uh, uh, we use Typeform. Uh, helps us create data collection forms like Lickety Split. Uh, and, and with that, you know, very easy to share, very easy to send out. It, it, it sorts them into spreadsheets and, you know, like all of that. And these are things like you're, you're someone sitting there listening going, dude, you didn't like move mountains there. Yeah, I did. Cause I might've given you like a significant amount of time at your day or business back with a few simple tools that oh, help you be crazy. more efficient. Yeah. It, all the systems automations out there that you can utilize and it's finding the right ones. And I've, I've ha had it in the past where I've tried something and didn't work out. And I went back and I tried something similar and, and it was better. And so I'm always looking at, okay, how can we cut the process down? Like you mentioned earlier from multiple steps down to very minimal amount of steps, easier to train yet. You keep staff a little bit easier yeah. that way and a new staff easier to train, but hundred percent utilizing those make a big difference. Well, I'll give you an example Literally right now, I just got an email that came from the startuphustle.xyz site where I have a type form uh, embedded into that. And it, and it collected all the information about someone that wanted to be on the podcast. I've got their first name, their last name, their phone number, their LinkedIn profile, all this stuff. And then it connects to a CRM and some other things. And this is stuff that people used to do manually Everything I mentioned and suggested is not high technology in 2023. It is utilitarian, but it isn't, it isn't difficult to learn how to use it. I don't want to hear you say, oh, but I'm not a tech person. Really? You don't need to be a tech person. You just no. need to know where to go. Yeah, it, yeah. It, there's people that can set it all up for you.
how much time did you spend learning how to do whatever it is that you do in life? Because that's a hell of a lot more time it's going to take you to to do the things that I mentioned. So, yeah. and by the way, scheduling things it's a big thing. If you don't have a calendar or a schedule, then you're going to probably colossally fail at time management because you literally aren't managing your time. Yeah, like just going about the day. Don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things you know that I've talked about recently, because I've got another project I'm working on with uh, that has to do with high performance, is there's things that so we have this inherent quality as people to make things in 15, 30, and 60 minute blocks. A couple years ago, I went 10, 20, 40, right? Like, and you have to book time with me through my booking link, but I put buffers in there. So if something spilled over, I was good. And also mainly because you'll find that when you schedule appointments with people, they'll be like, oh, I see we have a hard stop at 1020, not 1030. So the person you're talking to inherently seems to understand better that you've got this finite amount of time, you get the overlap. Because things are always going to take longer than you think. And then also what that does is sometimes gives me a few minutes to attend to a couple other things. So I don't get through a very busy day and then realize I still have three hours of work following up on like a bunch of other stuff. Put the, put the, put the buffers in the schedule. If anything, block off certain times, make it wild card time or whatever, you know, that, that is it. Don't, don't book yourself back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Oh, that's a stress. You're at, you're asking for stress yeah. when you do that. Cause yeah, everything. Well, then if one spills over, it's like, it's kind of like if any of you have ever had an appointment or whatever and they're like, well, I've got to cut this a little short. I'm running behind today. Like, is that my fault or yours? So yeah. hundred percent. <laughs> right, well, what are some other, what are some other egregious errors that you see people making when it comes to like all of it? You know, I, this is one of the big things i think some business owners and once you have all these processes in place they don't know how to step away they don't know how to actually step away and let their business run without still being there and so it was hard for me to learn because i i actually took two years off my business and it was hard it was tough for me to do i barely stepped foot into the door i only did so just so i i, I still can say hi to the team and actually encourage them and have some one-on-ones but as far as actually being there and running things i I had to step away for two years for a couple reasons. One, I wanted to see if my business was sustainable without me being there. Because if it's not, there's no way you're going to be able to scale. There's no way you're going to be able to sell because you're not going to be selling a business. You're going to be selling yourself. So you have to be able to step away and your business has to be able to run without you. But then secondly, I wanted to be able to see if I did effective training enough for my business to be able to grow and I had the right team in place for my business to be able to grow, not just stay at the same level while I was away. And I found... In that two years, and let me tell you, that was the toughest mental struggle to get over because I constantly had this pull of, I have to go in, I have to be there, and, and that I'm, I'm doing wrong by not being there. But after I overcame that, I, I realized that it made me feel proud. It made me feel proud of my team. It made me feel proud that my team was able to handle it and it made me trust them. And it was nice to have that time to be able to work on other business adventures, be able to help other business owners. And then also just to be able to spend time with family and, and loved ones. I spent some more time with my family during that, that two years and 
you know, we had a new baby girl at the time too. So it was nice just to be able to have that time, but not have to worry that things weren't getting done. And so the stepping away process is so important. I think there's some business owners out there that are so scared to step away, even for a day, even for two days. And when I say step away, I'm not talking step away. and you, You're constantly on your phone answering all the questions. I'm talking you step away and you don't have to pick up your phone. That's stepping away. And it's so hard to get to that point because it's it's a mental barrier to, to, that you have to break. And then you also have to be able to you know, trust your team, which is why this comes later on in the process is because you want to have that, that strong team. But yeah, that's, it's all part of buying the time process is, is stepping away is, is going to be the kind of the way you start. And the way you do it is start with a day, take a day, step away from your business, shut off your phone and see what happens. I'm going to tell you one thing that won't happen. Everyone's scared of your business won't burn down. It'll still be there when you go back. There may be something that, that happened, but see how your team handled it. And then you can address that. But that's, that's what I, what I like to talk about. Well, let's, uh, it, that it forces evolution. Oh, it does. In many cases. And I think a lot of times business owners overvalue the, uh, the importance of their presence at the enterprise, you know, just meaning like, you know, it'll still be there tomorrow. Um, uh, yep. There's very few things that, you know, it, I mean, it, you're right about that, that, that can definitely, it, what, it's going to help you uncover the flaws at your business. It's only going to help you uncover the strengths too. Like you mentioned, like there are some things that you might be like, this does not go well when I'm not here. Okay. What do we need to do to fix it? Cause me being here all the time, isn't the fix. Uh, your goal as an entrepreneur should be to build something bigger than yourself. As you mentioned, if everything depends on you, that's not, well, it's not scalable. It's also going to drive you crazy. And you're not really, you kind of created a job for yourself, not necessarily a business. Oh yeah. You, and that's what you did. You pretty much created a job for yourself. They're going to be working 40, 60 hours a week. And if not more, and you don't want to do that. You want, the way I look at it is you want your business and I coach a lot on this and how to get there, but you want your business to be a time asset, not a time liability. And there's a lot of people in business that it's, it's the opposite. Their business takes so much of their time because they're the ones doing everything and they have to be there in order for their business to work. I mean, there's some businesses that I, I know of that will put a sign up on the door to say they're closed for a week just so they can take a week vacation. And that's, that's not where you want to be with, with your no. business. You want to be able to take that week and not have to put that sign up and still come back and know things got done. So you mentioned uh, using technology to uh, help your life. So I asked ChatGPT, which, by the way, is the muse for so many things you want to talk about. Uh, I ask it, what are uh, some ways to create more efficiency and time and a time conscious approach to work and showing the ease of use and the fact that AI may be smarter than both of us. Sorry, Jacob, <laughs> I'm going to put you in there. It's a pretty AI, sophisticated, AI is amazing. It's a pretty it's sophisticated crazy. engine. That's not a really it an is. insult. It's like takes yeah. every, every brain power out there and puts it in one. If system. you meet anybody that says they're smarter than chat GPT, send them to start a puzzle dot X, Y, Z and have them <laughs> time to be on the show. I have so many questions. All right. So, uh, and I think these are good tips prioritize and set clear goals. I mean, that is like, we should probably shouldn't be on minute 34 of this show before we mention that because we kind of mentioned it without using the, the word priority, but do the most important things first or the things that you need to get done most. 
Uh, practice time blocking. That's similar to what I was saying earlier with blocking off some of your time for certain activities or leaving buffers in there. Um, embrace proactive planning. Uh, that's taking the time to plan ahead and anticipate potential obstacles or challenges. Back to that, things take longer than they normally do. Oh, wow. Here we go. Learn to say no. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah. Uh, delegate and outsource. Minimize distractions. Practice single tasking. Okay, this is an interesting debate. I'm going to pause here for a second because we went through this like era of multitasking. Now I have ADHD, so I have a difficult time sometimes doing only one thing when it comes to certain things. I think that this is not what some people want you to be in the multitask or the single task realm. And I just got to straddle the line a little bit because there are some things that I can do together. Um, I talk about this in balance me. This is bundling. All right. So you take a low value activity, uh, commuting, driving your car. So I'm here at our office in downtown Kansas City, Kansas. It took me 30 minutes to get here. On the way here, my assistant rides with me. We do a morning review. We go through a to-do list. We go through a bunch of stuff. We're bundling it. I intentionally push phone calls to times when I'm in the car. Um, same thing goes, so like I mentioned, buying a farm. I did. I bought a farm uh, about 20 minutes south of where I'm at. I think you'd love it, being from Iowa, sir. Um, I but probably I, would. Not, well, right. No, everyone loves it. I, I, it's amazing. I actually got, I, I, after a couple of weeks, I finally made a post on Facebook because I was so busy experiencing some peace of mind that I didn't put it on social media. I got more likes on that than I got when I had the last time I had a child. Um, yeah, it's wild. But, but with that, it takes 20 minutes to get out there. So I save some phone calls, right? So may, do those like people wait, trust me, not everything needs to be done right now. But um, but so I don't agree with the practice single tasking. I think if you have an important thing, like working directly with or for a client, that's a single task, you know, but 100%. Why, can't I I'm drive, why can't I make a phone call that I needed to catch up on and at the same time, drive, let my Tesla drive me because that's yeah. what it does. That's what yeah, it does. I, right. I'm in the what same boat. What am I doing there? Right. I, uh, okay. I have a video that's downloading. And while that video is downloading, am I supposed to just sit and let that video download? That's like, no, I'm not going well, to time for something else. Embrace, embrace the power of routine. I think this is important. And at the same time, I don't want you to get so routine that that becomes the next, like it's can be too rigid. I'm, I'm a fan of agility and fluidity and things. Um, I think that it's impossible to have a completely strict routine as an entrepreneur because I don't know, shit happens. Yeah, man, things happen all the time. And um, I like this next one. Uh, take regular breaks. Um, you know, it's it, it just sometimes stepping away for a minute um, and then continuously learn and improve. I, I'm going to say about your own activities. Like, what are you wasting time on, man? I think it's really easy. So like in Balance Me, I, I say personal, professional, and physical. I ask people to, I have like a speaking thing I do with this sometimes, but I'll give everyone a piece of paper and see you have 100% of your own time. Where are you spending it amongst these three categories? And there's always one smart ass that goes past 100 and it's like, I do more than 100%. 
not in this case. Time is rigid in that regard, right? I'm like, thanks. I appreciate the ambition. So you have what what you spend your time on, and then you have what you would really like to be spending your time on. It's a very simple exercise. Personal, professional, physical. What percentage? And and it shouldn't be 33, 33.3 because it's not really the way it works, right? <laughs> You know, it's different. There's no right answer there. But if you look at, if you do that simple exercise, what am I spending time doing on compared to what I want to be spending time doing on? It, the comparison of the two very easily helps you understand where you need to put more effort and where yeah, you need where to where you can adjust. And I, I always yeah. say with that too, it, it can change, you know, where maybe a time in your life where you have to spend more with work and you're going to spend more time there and you're going to do that for a, a period of time. And then it may switch to where maybe you have a new baby where you're spending more time with family because you want to spend more time with family. You cut back a little bit at work and then maybe it comes to the point where you realize your physical health isn't where it's supposed to. So you're spending more time in the gym, less time at work. So I think it, it you know, it constantly can change, but it's really good to know where you want it to be. So seeing that actually physically seeing it makes a big difference too, versus just thinking about it, at least, at least right. for me, because I'm in the same boat as you, I have some ADHD. So for me, I have to see something like physically down, otherwise it gets all jumbled. So being able to physically see that makes a huge difference. Well, that, that understanding and awareness improvement matters. And that's part of why I bought a farm property because I'm actually getting exercise. I'm spending time with my kids you know, walking around the farm, walking to the pond, doing stuff like that. I'm getting the best of both worlds. I'm not single tasking um, in that regard, but doing a lot of different stuff. So I, I think it's, it's kind of uh, on the farm and I'll bring my daughter out. She loves those baby goats. It, so, it, I, you know, and I didn't even realize this until recently. There's like a whole bunch of goats that like, if you scare them or startle them, they just faint. All over on their side. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And I was like, maybe I'll get one of these. And then I realized that all my kids would do would be would scare that poor goat. So <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's constantly be scared. So to we death. didn't get a goat. Now, whether you want to believe me or not, I will tell you that I did not look at this list of chat GPT stuff until we started talking and had put a bunch of stuff out. I found it to be interesting that many of the things we discussed prior to the list, we're on that list. So um, yeah, maybe we are, maybe we are as smart as chat GPT. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but no, don't, you're not, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. That would no, that never be the smartest person too. in the room. That's a, right. that's a good way to good way right there. Don't be the smartest. So once again, with me today, Jacob K. Mead, professional coaching, and coach and author and check out his podcast, which comes out tomorrow. There's a link to jacobkmead.com in the show notes. What would you like to say on the way out, man? Any comments? You go, you go first. I'll take a turn after you. I love hearing all your input on the buying time process and all your input in, in your knowledge and the time and just hearing about your book. That was, that was, that was awesome because there's not a lot of people out there that know actually how to utilize their time and actually how to get their time back. And so hearing that, you know, you went through the same kind of struggles and that you actually figured it out and you, and you have that, that process and that mindset, that's empowering. It means that, you know, my journey to help other business owners and my journey to be able to help other people get their time back does mean something because it means so much to you. So I loved hearing that. Thank you so much for sharing that, about that. I, I well, really, thanks, man. I really yeah. enjoy that. 
That, that honestly, I, I mentioned the word, the realist guide to a successful life. Um, I am a realist and like, it is what it is, you know, like thinking that you want something to be one with there's idealism and there's realism. And those are the, in that book, those are pages right out of my playbook. Now, one of the, the, okay, I constantly get this comment from people. They're like, how do you get so much done? That's why it's time management. And, um, you know, like, if you're an entrepreneur and it's not, I, I think that this, that some of you need to put down hustle culture. Um, just meaning like the, 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 I trust me, I can put in a hundred hour week, but do I really need to, you know, and it's not about doing the least amount possible. It's about using the time effectively because you are going to get to a point of diminishing returns with a lot of stuff. If you're on your 16 hour days, 10 days in a row, Eh, you probably ain't going to do that, you know, and so do the most important stuff first, take a second, look, you know, look back, say, you know, study your own act actions. Where could, what am I doing that I could just stop doing? It's going to give me a bunch of time back. You know, that's free. You don't even have to buy that. Now, right. <laughs> that's just like giving it back. And trust me, I have yet to run into, well, okay. There's been maybe two people I've been doing that, the system that came out and balanced me, I've been working on and practicing for 15 years. And I've maybe met two people that didn't need it. And they were like, way, way, way high performers. They already got it. They got the whole thing. And they'd already installed a bunch of help with that. But, you know, so much of, of what you want to do is, in fact, right in front of you, you just got to figure out what you're doing, take the low value stuff, get rid of the low value people in your life. Okay, that might be another thing. Who's who? Who is your time suck? Not just what? Who? There's a lot of them out there. So be clear on that. Write it. Down. I was right. actually on the plane to Montana one one time, and I got opened up my iPhone notes, and I wrote down uh, people that actually provide value in my life, and I started writing it down. And then the people that don't provide a lot of value in my type, and I put next to in parentheses the amount of time that I was spending either communicating with them on phone calls, mm -hmm. communicating with them through email, or spending time with them in person, and it was an eye opener. I'm, I'm telling Those you, are usually the same people that bring negativity into your life. I find, hundred um, yeah, percent, and it's, yeah, it's it was a, yeah. it was amazing. I was just on a flight to Montana. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I wrote this down. I had some time, and it was. I, I, we landed. I was looking at this, I was like, man, I got I got to figure this out. And then I, I changed things when I got back. Sometimes you just need to retrain those people to be a little more effective for you. Like a good example is. Uh, you get these, so, you know, I, with over 300 employees, if each one of them were to waste one minute of my day, my whole day is gone. So you get some people that are like, every time something comes up, they want to ask you a question. You're like, could you ask me five of these at once rather than five <laughs> different times? Because that's just the way it goes. Also consider maybe if you got people that are constantly asking you for stuff, I invented what I call my rule of yes. If you think I'll say yes, 90% of the time, don't ask, just do it. And I will deal with the 10% of the time that you're wrong. It empowers people to do things. Like a great example is I had a former office manager It'd be like, so we ran out of stamps. Do you want me to go buy some more stamps? And like, here's the thing is if I'm busy, I'm not, I'm going to be like, do you think we'll ever mail something again? It's not the great, it's not a great dynamic. <laughs> You know, yeah, so, so sometimes yeah. just just go do something, and and if it's not the right decision, ten percent of the time it's going to be. But like pick you said, one, it's not, we'll we'll deal with it at yeah. that time. Yeah, and if my wife is listening, 
please follow that advice after 12 years. She didn't listen to the show, so we can say about whatever you want. All right, man. I'm going to catch up with you down the road. For those of you listening, check out Jacob's podcast. Go to his website. Thanks for joining me, man. Thank you so much. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.